You're listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville and Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. Here's what we're going to do today. We're already identifying the gifts in this room by the way you responded to my instructions. Some of you are like, heck to the no, I'm not getting up and I'm not talking to people I don't know. The rest of you are like, how many hours do we have? What would you like to know about everybody that I talk to? This is the beauty of the church today. And I love when the church looks like this. Last Wednesday night, we prayed for healing. We talked about waiting in the process of your healing. We heard some amazing people like John and Esther and my pops talking about what they've experienced in the journey of healing. And then we prayed for people for healing. I want you to know this, that we believe in all of the gifts. We believe in them. We're going to talk about these over the next few weeks. We also believe that there's many of us that are waiting for God to do something that he promised. And the beautiful thing about a sovereign God is that he can do whatever he wants. And I know that sounds like an amen situation, but when you're in it, you're like, "Uh uh-huh, he needs to do it right now. But here's the good news. He's sovereign because he's always doing something bigger than what we can see. And so today, as we're talking about the gifts, I want you to know that strategically, intentionally, today we're not talking about the the manifestation gifts, the ones that everybody wants. We want all the gifts. We want prophecy and we want those crazy tongue people and all that stuff. But I feel like today the Lord wants to define almost every person in this place that you are important. There is no reason for us to build a church that centers and focuses around leadership. Let me say it again, because you might not have heard that. There's no reason why we build a church that centers around leadership. If Jesus didn't do it, why would we do it? Jesus was intentional about empowering the people around him. He sent them out when they didn't know what to do. They came back, hey, we were doing things, man. Like demons were listening to us. I told you they would. I want you to understand that this church is a church of equipping. We empower and equip people to go out and walk in their gifts. The reason why we're talking about the gifts that keep on giving, the reason why we're going through this is because some of you have been told you're not gifted. You've been told you don't have a gift because your gift isn't charismatic or crazy. (laughs) You don't think you're anointed because you don't have the gift to come up here and talk and get in the mic and you're scared to death of microphones and, and you are gifted, you are called and you are needed. The gifts are abilities given by Holy Spirit to equip others and to do ministry. Simple. Many of you have a natural gift. You didn't realize that natural gift was given to you by the creator. Before you were formed in the mother's womb, God knew who you were. He infused you with talents and gifts, your hair color or lack of hair. He's given you your pigmentation. He's allowed you to have dialect and intonation. The way you talk, the way you walk, the way you do the things you do is all intentional because God wanted you for such a time as this. He partners your gifts and your personality with the supernatural. You bring the Holy Spirit breathing on you. Now you have the spiritual gifts that will change the world. I fully believe that there's enough people in this room to change this city and possibly even this nation. We really truly knew who we were and we actually walked it out. We could change a lot of things. So if there's anything that happens in this series... If anything, you walk away feeling acknowledged that God created you for his glory, that he's given you gifts and talents for his kingdom, and that you can reach the world, we've accomplished much. That's what we want to do. 
today I want to talk to you about the gifts that serve, the motivational gifts. Now, I want you to understand that this is not a preachy message. This is more of a teachy message because some of you want me to get all hype and excited, but I'm just going to talk to you about gifts. And today I'm going to talk to you about how you're important, how you fit in the kingdom. And I want to share with you eight motivational gifts that you may say, that's me, that's me. I knew that was me. And maybe you didn't realize that God actually gave you that for the church. Now, what we believe about gifts is they're for the church that we can develop and grow and be accountable and be iron sharpens iron. But the gifts, once they function here, need to be brought out there. We're never going to reach anybody out there if we don't first get out of here. So today, the difference between motivational gifts and the manifestation gifts, the ones that we talk about, the healing, the miracles, is that unlike manifestation gifts, these gifts are practically evident in you. As I read down these eight gifts, you're going to go, that's me. I, I never knew the title. I didn't know what it was about. I never knew. That's me. Then there's the Holy Spirit. He's going to supercharge them today. We believe that some of you are actually going to get your marching orders. Today, you're going to find out why you were created the way you were created. Some people are told in this room that you will never amount to anything. That the gifts that God has given you, people have diminished and actually talked down about regarding you. Every Christian and even those unsaved will acknowledge that these things that we're sharing about are good things to have. And so this is a very safe and practical message so you can unloosen your seatbelt. We're not going to go that dangerous today. But in a few weeks we will. And I want you to know that with all of this, we're going to walk away from here knowing who we are and now being commissioned to change the world. I don't know about you, but you didn't just come here and just born just to live life. I'm going off script because I need you to hear me today. I am so sad when I hear people that just live life. Like you just go to work, you watch Netflix, you go to bed, you get up. And the highlight of your day is how early you can get to bed. Don't laugh because some of you are like, that's me. But I'm telling you, I'm imploring you. There is something more God has for you. And if we don't wake up as the church, we're going to miss it. We're blaming the world for things they'll never accomplish. We are called to change the world. So it starts with you acknowledging that you're here for a reason. So today, I'm going to lead you through some of the spiritual gifts assessment. Some of you took it last week. If you didn't take it, I want you to take it. Well, I know my gifts, Pastor Mark. No, no, no. Redo it because maybe it has changed. Some of you may be in for celibacy. Maybe that's your gift. That was a joke. That's not us, Leanne, by the way, just so you know. But I am going to talk to you about the eight gifts, the motivational gifts that I believe that can be operating in you today and will be best used in the church when you acknowledge your place. Okay, so here's the deal. I'm going to talk to you about the characteristics of each gift. I'm going to talk to you about warnings concerning the gift. And then I'm going to talk to you about ideal pairings. You know, one of the greatest pairings in history was chocolate and peanut butter. Did you know that? Peanut butter and jelly. Everything revolves around peanut butter for some reason. That got a hand clap. Wow, okay. Some big fans of chocolate and peanut butter. Eggs and bacon, anyone? Oh, okay, there we go. Okay, that's all I got. This is better than that. I'm going to show you, if you can partner your gift with someone else's gift, you can actually walk on a whole nother level. We good for that? You ready to go? Number one, gift, mercy and compassion. Romans talks about this, the one who acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Mercy is the capacity to feel and express unusual and acceptable compassion. When I read these, some light bulb moments are gonna come off in your life. That's me, I didn't realize it. 
I, now I know what I, why I feel like that. This empathy, sympathy for O's in difficult or crisis situations, physically, mentally, emotionally. Let me say this. If you watch the news and cry, you may have have compassion. If you watch Hallmark movies and you cry, it's just because it's bad acting. That's not compassion. Just so you know. It's true. Mercy is the gift. Compassion is how you show it. People with this gift focus upon alleviating the sources of pain or discomfort in suffering people. They address the needs of the lonely and forgotten. They express love, grace, dignity to those facing hardships and crisis, and they concern themselves with individual or social issues that oppress people. This gift is not an operation in America. That was a joke, by the way. You said we got real serious in there. It is an operation. The problem is, is many times we see it manipulated. You watch the news, you feel compassion for the wrong things. Now, here's good news. Jesus had compassion. So it's not a less than gift. Mark 6 says, when he, when Jesus went ashore, when he came on the beach, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. Now, here's an insight into Jesus. Why did, why, why did Mark put this in there? Because he was saying Mark, John, Jesus was like a regular person. He was tired. He came ashore and he saw people and he goes, they don't have a shepherd. I feel bad for them. Matthew 14, 14, when Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and he healed the sick. So one of the activating components of compassion is being on a beach. Some of you need to get on a beach more often. Compassion and mercy gifts is not always having the right words to say because a lot of people with mercy and compassion don't have the right words. What they do have is they seem to be in the right place. They know when to show up. They know what to do. This is a big motivating ingredient in the kingdom. Now, the warning for those of you in this room, you can be pulled in all directions by the news, by Facebook posts. You're like, oh God, oh God, we gotta do, oh God, what do we do? Oh Lord, I, I, I'm weeping for everybody and God wants you to slow down, relax. Because you need to partner. Here's your partnership. You ready? Partner with people with discernment. Partner with people with wisdom. And partner people with encouragement. Because many times people with compassion don't know how to share it. People with encouragement can. Number two, hospitality. I love you. If, I, like I'm really serious. I love people with hospitality. They don't work in a hospital, by the way. But they could. Hospitality is for many of you ladies who came here yesterday for the tea party. It's just a grown-up tea party. You walked into a room that was set by people with the gift of hospitality. And we love you because you set the atmosphere. Some people that don't have the gift, they go, why are we doing this? But I will tell you this, you will know when you go to someone's house and they do not have hospitality. You will know right away, hey, where was the coffee? You know what I'm saying? Hey, Sally, where was the, anyway, okay, I just Italian and me. Most Italians have hospitality. Hospitality is, that's not true. Hospitality is the ability to welcome strangers and entertain guests, often in your home, with great joy and kindness. I'll make it real simple. It's divine enablement to care for people by providing fellowship, food, and shelter. You could do this by four ways, showing family, 1 Timothy 5.8, by showing it to friends, Proverbs 27.10, Christians, and also strangers who do not know Christ. People with this gift provide an environment where people feel valued and cared for. They meet new people and help them feel welcomed. I'll even say this, they've never met a stranger. They create a safe and comfortable setting where relationships can develop. They seek ways to connect people together in meaningful relationships, and they set people at ease. 
in unfamiliar surroundings. Paul and Silas in Acts 16, before they were thrown in prison, they met a woman named Lydia. She was a dealer of purple cloth and she was a woman of hospitality. It says she worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she persuaded them. People with the gift of hospitality, they persuade you into this. Lydia's gift created an opportunity for her home, listen to me, to host the men of God. What is a warning for those with hospitality? You ready for this? The Martha and Mary dilemma. Many people that have the gift of hospitality will work so hard, they'll miss the moment to be at the feet of Jesus. So those of you with the gift of hospitality, you need to slow down. You, know, you need to know when to put the dishes away and actually sit down and spend time with people. Partner them. Partner these people with helps and service because hospitality, we got the vision. Uh, helps and service, let's implement. Discernment so you know when to step back and administration because we need somebody to make sure it all gets done in the right time. Number three, discernment, discerning of spirits. This is a manifestation gift, but this is also a gift that works in serving. Why? I'll show you. Discernment is the ability to quickly perceive whether such things as people, events, or beliefs are from God or Satan. We need these people because this is the gifts they have. They distinguish truth from error, oh, right from wrong, pure motives from impure. We need you today in church. You identify deception in others with accuracy and appropriateness. You determine whether a word is attributed to God is authentic. You recognize inconsistencies in teaching, prophetic messages, or interpretation. You're able to sense the presence of evil. If you're judging my message right now, you may have discernment. <laughs> King Solomon in 1 Kings 3, listen to this. You know this message, but listen to this. God said, anything you want, I'll give to you. In verse 9, he says, so give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? For some of you, you have the gift of discernment. You think it's not a big deal. It's a big deal. Because God responds to Solomon. And he says this, because you asked for that, I'm going to give you wealth, honor, and a long life. Now, if you know how many women and wives he had, long life, partner with all those wives, that was a miracle in itself. Anyway... This one wife is beautiful. God, listen to me. God creates and Satan counterfeits. That's why this gift is so important in today. Because here's the deal. It says this in 2 Corinthians. For even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it's no surprise if his servants who disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. So many people are being deceived because nobody with the gift of discernment is actually involved in their life. Don't do that. Don't watch that. Don't go over. Don't date them. 1 John 4, beloved, do not, be, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. A good counterfeit makes you think it's the original. A great counterfeit makes you forget about the original. And unfortunately, today we have a church that has been counterfeited. Your warnings, those of you that have the gift of discernment, listen to me, you will either filter your gift through your spirit, the Holy Spirit, or through your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. And many people that have the gift of discernment will many times judge people because they're looking through their soul. Somebody rubs them the wrong way. Ooh, I don't know about them. That's because your emotions are involved. I would encourage you to always check your filter. 
Some of you know about your HVAC. There's a filter in there, by the way. I don't know if you know that. Some of you may want to check that. But there's all sorts of junk there. That's getting into your airstream. If your filter is muddy, your mind, your will, and your emotions, your discernment will be off. But when you tap into the Holy Spirit, you are a secret weapon to the church. And let me say this. It's not just discerning evil. It's discerning where God is. Oh, I feel God's presence here. Oh, I sense God's anointing on that person. Oh, I believe God wants us to do. Those are discerning things that we need in the body of Christ. You partner the gift of discernment with people with mercy. Because people with discernment sometimes are like, I'll cut you. But that's why you bring in the mercy gift. Slow down there, discerner. You also partner the gift of discernment with people with the gift of prophecy, words of knowledge, and words of wisdom. Now they can hear discerning things and be able to speak them forth. The gift of helps and service. How many know we can't have church without these people? Now let me say to you today, you are not less than. There is all parts throughout scripture where God is highlighting people with the gift of helps. Helps and service is the ability to joyfully work alongside others and help them complete the task God has given them. People with this gift serve behind the scenes wherever and whenever it's needed to support the gifts and ministry of others without even being asked. They see tangible and practical things to be done and enjoy doing them. They sense God's purpose and pleasure in meeting everyday responsibilities. They attach spiritual value to practical service. They enjoy knowing that they are freeing up others to do what God has called them to do and would rather do a job than find someone else to do it. I'll do it. You may have the gift of helps. In Acts 9, there was a disciple named Tabithia. She was always doing good in helping the poor. Tabitha, there you go. I had a brain fart. I'm back. (laughs) Rebooting. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. You all wanted to say it, but you didn't want to disobey and be rude. Okay. Listen, the deal was she was doing good things. Let's move on. Luke, two, Luke 22. Did you know I was playing keys earlier? Can you give me a break? Anyway, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. I need discernment what to say. Okay, Luke 22. Jesus is at the disciple, at the table with his disciples at the Last Supper. And we think everything was great, and then they have a dispute. A dispute among, arose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest. Jesus said to him, the king of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves." I'm going to say this to you today. Be very careful of any leader that is not a servant. For those that have the gift of serving, learn to say, I want you to repeat after me, the word no. Let me like, I still can't say it. You have to keep your priorities right because people that have this gift will sometimes help everyone else and leave their house in disarray. You also need to realize there's times where you will be enabling people through your service. So what do you partner with? People with discernment, people with hospitality, and people with administration. That leads me to administration. We having a good time today? All right, because people in administration want to make sure we're moving along. 
<laughs> administration is giving direction and making decisions on behalf of others that result in efficient operation and accomplishment of goals. People with this gift talk like this. Let's get this done. Why are we here? When is this over? No, I'm kidding. They, no, I'm not. Developing strategies and plans to reach identified goals. What is our goal? Why did you call this meeting? They assist ministries to become more effective and efficient. They create order out of organizational chaos. They manage or coordinate a variety of responsibilities to accomplish a task. They organize people, tasks, and events. We love you guys, but there's a warning. You can be very focused on procedures and processes without including supernatural faith and radical generosity because your step will always be how much is it going to cost and can we actually do it? So who do you partner with? People with faith and people with giving. If you don't trust leadership and you have this gift of administration, you could become very controlling and create tension. So you partner with people with the leadership gift and you partner with people with serving. The next one is leadership. Leadership is the special ability God gives to some to set goals in accordance with God's purpose and to communicate these goals in a way that others come alongside and voluntary and work together to accomplish these goals. This is the divine enablement to cast vision, to motivate and direct people in harmonious accomplishment, the purposes of God. People with this gift provide direction for God's people or ministry. They motivate others to perform to the best of their ability. They present the big picture for others to see. They model values of the ministry and take responsibility and establish goals. Now, the warning for people with the gift of leadership is you must know when to lead and when to serve and follow. Some people have the gift of leadership. They don't know when to shut it off, so they overstep, they misdirect, and they confuse others. But if you can partner with people of administration and service and the five-fold or the five speaking gifts, you can actually accomplish much. We need people that can lead. Many people in this room, you feel like you're being led by someone or someone considers themselves a leader, and they're actually not a leader. You're wondering why nothing's getting accomplished. Listen to me. A leader turning around should see people following them. If you're a leader and no one's following you, good news, you're not a leader. Just embrace that. But you may have the gift of giving, the next one. Giving is the ability to give money and other forms of wealth joyfully, wisely, and generously to meet the needs of others and help support ministries. Everyone is called to give our time, talent, and treasure, but these are people that go above and beyond. In fact, these are the people that when you give us a short sermonette on giving, they don't need to hear it. They already wrote the check. They already are giving because they believe in giving and they have been giving since birth. For some of you, you gave away your toys. You gave away your Barbies, your Hot Wheels. You just gave things away. And your mom's like, you can't give up. No, I just want to give. You actually get more enjoyment at Christmas time watching people open the gifts you bought for them than you do opening your own gifts. You may have the gift of giving. People with this gift manage their finances and they limit their lifestyle in order to give as much as resources as possible. Support the work of ministry. I always amaze some of these ringtones are still in operation. Support the work of ministry. It's that one and the other one. It's a, like a guitar sound. Okay, anyway, it's like, wow, I digress. Support, 
People with giving. Support the work of ministry with sacrificial gifts to advance the kingdom. They meet tangible needs to enable spiritual growth to occur. They provide resources generously and cheerfully trusting God for his provision. They have the special gift to make money, listen to me, and then use it for God's kingdom. Have you ever met someone who can go from broke to rich like this? And they're like, they started a business, a tank, they start another one, it gets better. What is it? There's an anointing on them to build wealth to give it away. God will get to you, Scott, what he can get through you. And if you are a person of giving, you will be, and if you are a giver that knows how to give well, you will be entrusted with much. The warning, listen to me, is that you can be used by others. Those of you that are givers, people can manipulate you or, and this is where it goes off, you may try to manipulate others with your giving. So what do you do? Good news, you partner with people of administration, faith and wisdom to help you know how to give and what to give to. The gift of faith, <laughs> the last one. This is a special conviction God gives to some to be firmly persuaded of God's power and accomplish the promises of his will and his purpose and to display it with such confidence in him and his word that circumstances and obstacles do not shake that conviction. These are the people you get around, you want to run through a wall, climb over a wall, build a wall, whatever they say, we're going to do it. You get me so excited. These are the people I want in my hospital room if I'm on the hospital bed. I want people full of faith. I don't want people go, well, do you know how many percentage of people get out of this? No, I want you in the room. I want you in the room going, come on now, God has you. You. Come on now, he's created you. He's healed you. These are people that motivate you with faith. People with this gift believe the promise of the God and inspire others to do the same. They act in complete confidence of God's ability to overcome obstacles. What obstacle? They demonstrate an attitude of trust in God's will and his promises. They advance the cause of Christ because they go forward when others will not. They ask God, for what is needed and trust him for his provision. Now, what is the warning for those of you that get the faith? Don't be irresponsible. Some of you want to do so many things, you just got to hold on a second. Let me partner that with people with discernment. <laughs> partner the gift of faith with people with the gift of prophecy, miracles, and healing, and you will see a whole bunch of supernatural things happen. You partner the gift of faith with someone the gift of giving, there'll never be another need. They'll believe for it. The people with giving will come to them and say, what do you believe God's doing? I believe he wants to do this. I got you. I'll supply it. I'll take care of it. I'll finance it. Let's do this. Serving is for everyone. I, I realized as I read through these that I've operated in all of them at some point in fashion, but I'm not good at all of them. My wife would say, I'm not real good at mercy and compassion. Believe it or not, I'm a pastor. You believe that? She doesn't have compassion to me, but that's okay. But it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true, though. You're right. It's true. Why? There's sometimes where I'm like, I'm so full of faith. I'm like, let's go. Why are you, why are you, why are you struggling? I, I have a limp. No, let's go. Like, I don't have compassion sometimes. But the good news is there's a lot of people in this room that have compassion. And so we can work together. I want you to know that it is not the job of the pastor and the leadership of Southview to meet every need. Like, I am just described every one of you in this room, and now it's go time. I'm acknowledging that you have a gift and you are not to be seated on the sidelines. See, please don't understand that your gift of serving is a lesser gift than anything else. I know we love prophecy and healing. Everybody wants to see a miracle. 
But how many know none of that stuff happens if we don't have people that actually serve and orchestrate the meeting and actually gather the people? So here's the deal. Mark 10. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you think as a servant that you're not needed in the kingdom, then you're telling Jesus you need to have a better job. Look, even, even Matthew 23, 11 says, the greatest among you shall be your servant. You will tell the power and maturity of any leader by the mark of service they give to other people. When I grew up, we grew up in a church together, Leanne and I, and we served in every area. I, there, I mean, I watched the kids. I cleaned the toilets, not at the same time, but in different days. And, and, and I, I cut the lawn. I remember doing that. I remember painting things, building things. I put in the HVAC system. I, I, I worked in the sound. I did the worship. I worked with the youth. And I was like, I just did it because my family did it. And this is where, and the cute chicks were there. And, and uh, I met a chick there. And, and I was trying to impress her. Look at me, watch this baby, you know, and clean toilets at the same time, you know. And... <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's my life right now. <laughs> Ooh, full circle moment. Yikes. Hold on, let me sit in this for a second here. Wow. Okay. But here's the deal. All this time, I didn't realize God was preparing me to build a church. And what better way to serve a church than to know what it feels like to serve in every capacity? There is not a day that goes by that we're not doing something, setting up chairs, vacuuming, maybe not a day, a week at least, that we're not doing something to serve to get this place in order. Do you know as your, as your leadership, as your staff, we're praying for you every Thursday. We have staff prayer. We're praying. Many times we're praying for people by name. It is our duty and our pleasure to serve the body of Christ. Nobody is that great of a speaker that gets away from serving the church. See, this all, all these things hinge on obedience. Because you can have a gift and say no. And I think that there's people in this room, you are so gifted, but you keep saying no. And some of it's church hurt, you know. I, I, I did the service and I got burned out. Well, you just need to learn, get around people with discernment to know when to say no. Don't blame the church for things you overcommitted you over to. Oh, I'm just saying there's no burnout in the kingdom. I, I read the Bible. I've never seen anybody get burned out. It's a joy. People are, people are getting crucified upside down. It was a joy to die for the king. But what we've done is we've overcommitted and we've isolated. So when you partner your gifts with the body of Christ, and if the body is healthy, you will flourish, not burn out. You have to know when to say no. These gifts reveal the gospel more practically than anything else. I know Paul says, I wish that you all prophesy, but if Paul was here, he'd also say, I wish some of you would just actually do your, do your gifts. Walk it out. Love people. Sometimes people don't need another word. They actually need to know you care. Sometimes a word doesn't go deep as it does setting the table, inviting someone over, and actually loving on them in your living room. Sometimes serving people, cutting someone's lawn who can't get out of their house. These simple things reveal the gospel to the lost more than anything that I could preach. So here's the deal. I want you to know today that every one of you is important to the kingdom. If, if I could do anything with this message today, it would be to enlighten you that you're not a sideline player. Like, like you may think, well, I don't have the teaching gift. I'm not a leader. I, I don't have all. No, no, you are important. God gave you the gift for this time. 
I thoroughly believe that God is intentional about even placing you in time. Where he puts you, he puts you in time right now. So those of you that are older, don't go, man, I wish I was younger. I could do some. No, you are the right age at the right time because we need mothers and fathers in this house to love all the broken and lost generation that's coming. Some of you say, well, I wish I was older. I wish I was wiser. No, no, you have something in you that we need to glean from you. See, I'm telling you, if we were to see how intentional God is, we would love to serve him. And for many of us, we feel like we've been manipulated into serving when I want you to know it's a joy to serve. And even if you've been manipulated and you feel like you've been used and abused, God can still bless you through your service. Scripture says that he will honor what you do in private. And we are such a promotional time right now. Like, like look at me serving the poor. Here I am cutting a widow's lawn. And you know what the word says? You've gotten your accolades. You've gotten your glory. That's it. Like, like, like. There you go. But what if we did it and we didn't tell anybody? What if we serve people and we didn't post it? Then God can say, now let me bless you. And I'm telling you, I'm going to give you a little secret into my life. And I'm not trying to promote anything I've done. I just know there's been a lot of things that I've done in secret with the Lord that has allowed me to have favor with people. And it's not because, listen, I want you to know, it's not because I'm well-educated, most accomplished. I have the most time behind this. I didn't write any books. I don't have a doctorate. I mean, all of these things that you would think would cause, it's just because I've said, I will serve. If you want me to be there, I'm like Obed-Eden. Some of you know the man Obed-Eden. He hosted the presence of God, the ark in his house. And he said, I don't want to be anywhere else that this present isn't. So when that presence moved to, to, to the city, he brought his family and he served he said, I want to be around wherever the presence of God is. And for some of you, as you serve the presence of God, you will be blessed. Your children will be blessed. Your children's children. It is a legacy. Is it a generational blessing? For some of us, we're trying so hard to work up the love of God. And all you got to do is just be who God's called you to be. Don't be anybody else. So here's what I want to do. I want to invite Pastor Josh to the stage and Leanne. Come on up here. I want to do this. I want to have you bless them too. I want you to stand if any of these eight gifts that I mentioned today, if any of them resonate with you, you're going, that's me. Come on, if that's you, stand to your feet. Now, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. It's probably going to be most people. And some of you that aren't standing, we're like, oh, I guess I got to stand now. <laughs> okay. Why is everybody standing or most of the people standing? Because everyone has a gift to give. Woo! Every one of you is important. So as your pastor, let me say this on behalf of the church. Thank you for being you. Listen to me. I'm going to change some paradigms right now. For some of you have been trying to be something else. Don't be something else. Be who God's called you to be. We need you. The kingdom needs you. I'm going to have you pray in a few moments, but I just want to say thank you, Evansons, for believing in us 14 years ago. We didn't know what we were doing. You probably knew that. You probably talked to each other at night going, is this really the right thing? But you stuck with us. You served in places and did things before we had any of this stuff. And I want to say on behalf of Lan and myself and this church, thank you 
for your service to the kingdom. Thank you. Thank you guys for being who you are. Thank you. Brandon and Kimmy who serve. I mean, if, if I was preparing this message and I kept seeing Brandon's face. <laughs> like that right there. There he, with the wave. That's exactly the, I was seeing that same thing. Bro, like you and your wife are such a gift to the kingdom. Like there's not a person here that has not been touched, whether directly or indirectly by you and your wife. I mean, it even goes as far as your wife carries other people's babies. That's a gift. And I want to say thank you, Wurtzes, for coming from California and somehow, some way, finding little old Southview because you make this church what it is today. See, if we understood how our gifts function in the body and we understood how we all can work together, it would be unstoppable. There would not, listen to me, there would not be a need that would go unmet. The world would come in here and they would see what it's like to actually belong. And so we may have the gift of leadership, your staff, the elders, and, but, but, but here's the deal. You all have a gift that we need in this body. And so today, I'm going to have them bless you. And you can prophesy over them as well if you want. Call them out. Somebody's got to go play the keyboard. <laughs> you know, Pastor Mark said that each of you has a gift and it's important to the kingdom. You are a piece of the puzzle. You can't build a puzzle that has missing pieces. It'll never be complete. You are the pieces. We see you. We see your sacrifice. We see what you do for Southview week in and week out. Adams, we see your guys' sacrifice. We see what you guys do. We see how you guys are here. Derek, I just walked up and asked you for something and you immediately responded because that's your heart. We see that. We see you guys. Grimsleys, we see how much you love people and how you're finding your place, and we love you. We see you guys. Charmy, I see you. I see the joy that you have. And I see when, I, when, when you come here, it just makes me smile because I know God loves you so much. Stokes, I see you guys. I see how much you love this place. I see how much you open up and how much you just serve because that's just in your hearts, that's just who you are. And as you find your way through this, you're just trusting God that he's gonna take you to the right place. And you trust us to lead you and we see you guys. Every person in this room is important. Every person is, is, is important to this. I said this in the first service and, and Leon, I'll, I'll let you go here in just a second. I said this in the first service. When you look at the body, there's the muscles, there's the tissue, there's the tendons, but this is the heart. This is what makes it happen. The gifts that God gave you in, in all of these gifts, yeah, they're not the supernatural gifts, but do you realize that things don't function if you're not doing it? You don't do it for accolades. That's why, that's why if you look to, your, to the left and to the right, you see people, you're like, man, I, I didn't know you had this gift. Yeah, it's because they're not doing it. They're just doing it to serve. You do it just to serve, not to be put on blast, not to be put on social media. You do it just because there's a need. And that's what this is about. 
we see you. I will say this, that yes, God's given us gifts, right? And thank you, Lord, for your gifts. Um, but to work out our gifts, right? They might be given to us, but we have to use them and steward them well. So when you figure out what your giftings are, they may come naturally, walk in them operate in them, grow them, further them, right? You might be given, giving might be your gift. You might start out with 10 bucks. Eventually you'll be given $10,000. So just operate in those gifts. But let, let me bless you because there's something about the body walking out, like Mark said, in our giftings that can affect a world like you have no idea. Just being who you are naturally. You don't have to be anything. You don't have to be spiritual. You just have to be you, right? So I want to release you just to be you. Nobody else. Like Mark says, everybody can see a phony and a fake and a counterfeit. The world sees it. The church sees it. So I release you to be who you are and do it how you do it. Praise how you praise. Serve how you serve. Be how you are. And that's what the kingdom's needing right now. So just raise your hands to the Lord right now in a sign of surrender and a sign of thanks. God, I thank you for your people here today, God. I, We thank you for the gifts that you've given us. And we are going to take this moment in time that you've placed us, and we are going to embrace the gifts, and we are going to walk them out according to how you've called us. God, we're not going to compare our gifts to other people, and we're not going to complain about what we don't have, but we are going to embrace what we do have, God. So I thank you for these people. I thank you that you use us Use us to further your kingdom. Use us to advance the kingdom. Let us come together as a team, as a family of believers, operating in our gifts so that the world can see what is going on over there, what is happening in that building where they are operating on levels I've never seen before. And what is it all for? To build your kingdom, to advance your kingdom, and to give you glory. So I thank you for these people and this moment in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to this message. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multi-generational, multicultural community of believers passionately pursuing Jesus, family, freedom, and unity in the body of Christ. If you would like to connect with us, visit us at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.